Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Thank you so, so much for joining me. About a year ago, I had an astrologer that I have worked with for many years named Jay Luna come on the show and talk about how the stars predicted the pandemic, the new normal that was emerging, and the time of massive change that we were all embarking on. And so many of you wrote in and said you so appreciated his perspective you learned so much. It gave you a sigh of relief and also kind of lit a fire under your butt. And so since it's been a year, I thought we'd have Jade back. And Jade and I go deep today. We go pretty deep and do some spiritual esoteric stuff that I think is so important for us to consider and talk about. Jade talks about what we have ahead of us, this age that we're in, and how all of us can best show up for ourselves and others during this time. A little more about Jade Luna. He's the first Westerner ever to reconstruct Hindu astrology into a Greco-Roman format. He has traveled extensively around the planet, lecturing and conducting workshops on astrology and mysticism. He's traveled to India more than 30 times and has spent a great deal of time with various teachers. He also consults with people privately. He usually presents a few seminars all over the world, and hopefully he'll be back to doing that. And he's the author of Asterian Astrology and has been one of the most successful astrologers in the world and has maintained a high-level practice for over 18 years. You can learn more or book a session with him at asterianastrology.com. That link will be in the show notes. Just a heads up, if you want a session, book it quickly. His wait list is already pretty long. And after he's on the show, it'll probably be even longer. Again, Jade and I talk about a variety of things on this show. Do I agree with everything he says? It doesn't matter. It matters what you think and what you feel. And with this episode and with any episode, whether I'm bringing on a guest or I'm coaching somebody on the show... I'm not saying that what I'm bringing you is the absolute truth with a capital T. Be presumptuous of me to say that about anything I say, except for one day we're all going to die. That's, that's pretty true, at least out of these physical bodies. This is about learning how to trust your own intuition and critical thinking. And if something really lands with you, maybe it's a bit jarring, a little like, ooh, then you know, take it in. But if you hear me or anyone else, anyone else, not just on this show, but anywhere, say something that they're so sure about, but inside of you, it doesn't feel like truth, question them and listen to yourself. I'm always going to guide you back to your own intuition and your own truth about any subject matter or any decision. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. Sit back, relax, and take it in. Before we dive in, a big, big part of self-care is what you put in your body, what you eat. And some of my favorite things to put in my body in terms of nutrition is Organifi products. I love their green juice. I love their red juice. I really love their gold drink, which is a turmeric drink that you can put with coconut milk or almond milk, serve it hot, mix it up. It's like this delicious turmeric latte. When I'm traveling, I always have the green drink packages with me because they have things like spirulina and chlorella, which are such good detoxifiers. And sometimes when you're traveling, it's hard to get all the nutrients in that you're used to if you eat well at home. You can get all Organifi products for 20% off when you go to Organifi.com slash over it. 
Again, that's Organifi.com slash over it. Get all the products you want for 20% off. Jade, welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to have you back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You were definitely one of the most popular episodes that I had last year. And I think we talked about a year ago. I think it was about a year ago that you were on the show. And people most likely will remember you. But for those of you who maybe didn't hear our conversation, of course, I just did your intro, but would you mind sharing a little bit about the type of astrology that you teach and practice? I do the oldest system of astrology on earth. I mean, this was the system that was created by the Babylonians. Then it became a predominant Egyptian system. And uh, the science master, Hipparchus, mastered this particular system of astrology. So this is the ancient system of astrology. And there was actually a time on this planet where every system of astrology on the planet that was used was this one. Uh, so this was the original system that was out there. When I lived in India, I was a Vedic astrologer for a while, but when I lived in India, I started studying a lot about ancient systems, and I ended up out of pure boredom mm. reconstructing a book in a library, a book called the Yavana Jataka, which was a book that Alexander the Great left in northern India when he conquered northern India, and he left the book there. And that book then became a it was taken by the Brahmins, and they, they kind of merged it into their system of hmm. astrology, which became the foundation of Vedic astrology now. So when I was in India, I translated that book back to its Roman Greco format. And that feat had not been done in 2,000 years, and I didn't know that. I just did it out of pure boredom. My guru in India was a silent guru, so we'd have to spend months in silence. Oh. So I translated the book, the Yavana Jataka, um, back to its Roman Greco format, and that is the system that I now use. But he learned it, Alexander learned it, in Alexandria, Egypt, um, by the Egyptian priests. Huh. So this goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yes, it does. Wow. And how is it different from Western astrology or Vedic astrology? Those are sort of the two systems most of us are familiar with. Well, an astrologer's job in ancient time was two things. As a matter of fact, I just saw this last night on a, a documentary about ancient mysticism. Um, they found a an ancient Greek clock that had two components to it. And I might even be showing this to people in the future, verifying my uh, my statements about astrology. An astrologer had two jobs. He had to create the calendar, and he had to observe the stars in the sky. So when Catholicism was born, they created anti-divination laws making astrology illegal. And observing the stars in the sky became illegal. So Western astrology ended up becoming the calendar year, meaning the first day of Aries is the first day of spring. If you wrap the 12 months around that date, you get the old ancient calendar from the past. So when the zodiac in the sky was made illegal, you couldn't even observe it. And the, the evidence I have proving this is pretty interesting, including Nostradamus himself publicly talking about Western astrology, mm -hmm. but in his books using all sidereal, these ancient Greek uh, alignments that I use. But it, Catholicism created anti-divination laws making astrology illegal, so the seasonal calendar then became adopted as the 
system of the zodiac in the West. And so when you were referring to Western astrology, you're actually referring to the ancient calendar. It has no correlation to the stars above us. So Western astrology, I believe, is an error mm. it, because we had the two jobs of being, you know, creating calendars and observing the stars. When observing the stars became illegal, then the calendar became the astrological sign system that we use today. And I believe that that was done intentionally by the Vatican. So we would not use real astrology anymore. Um, so I think that the Vatican loved the fact that we would start identifying with signs that we were not because that would completely disrupt uh, our connection to astrology. And the reason why they did that is because in ancient time, priests and astrologers were at battle of who had more clout than the other. So uh, priests ended up winning that war, and that ended up being kind of the end of the observing of the stars in the sky. So wherever Catholicism spread, you get Western astrology. Wherever Catholicism did not spread, India, Tibet, Peru, hmm. Egypt, you get the stars in the sky. Hmm. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Just out of curiosity, what was the name of that documentary? Do you remember? You know, it was just this random thing on Discovery where there was mm. tons of different channels. I will get that and you can present it to people okay. because they were talking specifically. They showed a clock where the movement of the clock was the seasons and the other one was the zodiac in the sky and they're moving separately. And I'm like, there's my evidence from the Greek standpoint. Now, we don't need that evidence with Egyptian astrology. Sidereal astrology is written all over their walls. So the evidence that the Egyptians use this system is already evident everywhere. If you look at their hieroglyphics in, in, in uh, Egypt. Wow. And, and knowing and working with you, because I've worked with you personally for years in this system, I feel like you're able to see a lot more than when I've had a Western astrology reading or a Vedic astrology reading, because I've had them all. And you're really able to see more in terms of karma, in terms of themes, in terms of difficult weeks. Is that, is that just because you're just really good at it, Jade? Or is it because this, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's both, or is it just that this system is so much more comprehensive? The system is so much more comprehensive. I, I honestly believe that people that are really involved in Western astrology don't realize how accurate these ancient systems are. Now, mm. also, let me re reiterate here that the system I am unleashing is the priest system. There were two systems. There was the system that priests used. This still goes on to India to mm. this day. Mm. There's a system that priests use, and there's a system that they let the public learn and use. The system I am unleashing is the priest system, which uses 27 signs, not 12. You go to India and you talk about Taurus, Leo, they could care less about the 12 hmm. signs. These 27 signs are the real deal. And when I started learning the 27 signs, which are based upon the 27 gods, that is when my predictions, even the ones that were public, became so significant. And I think Western astrologers don't realize how specific you can be. Let me give you an example. Someone in my family had a very specific illness that they had since they were growing up. And that person's chart I had given to three Western astrologers. This was in 2005 on a radio show. I gave those three Western astrologers, the chart of this member of my family. And I said, what can you detect for his health problems? And this person had in Western astrology, a Mars Saturn conjunction in Libra. 
So they all said he's probably got lower back problems, significant ones. Well, because that's what Libra rules, the lower back. Mm. Then I gave the three charts to Vedic astrologers, and they all said he has severe digestion problems because that conjunction of planets that's malefic, Saturn and Mars, moves from Libra back into Virgo. Sure enough, this person has always had Crohn's disease. So that was showing why – Listen, I mean, I don't think Western astrologers realize this. I mean, if you can't predict someone's health problems that significantly, then what is it used for other than just personality analysis? So why does Western astrology, why do you go to an astrologer and get a good reading? I was once a Western astrologer, and this is the, so I have had the leverage of reading people. When I was a Western astrologer, I really concentrated on reading the person. Like when someone came in, I was looking for rings to see if they're married. I was looking for all of this information I could get because to be honest, I didn't really trust the system very much. And I knew that intuitively. I got a lot more off of my ability to read someone and I would give people amazing readings as a Western astrologer. This system is the complete opposite. I only rely on the science. And so when someone comes in for reading, I have the reading already studied right in front of them. And mm. uh, and so I like people now to know what the science just says. So yeah, you can go to a Western astrologer and get a good reading because there's a lot of intuitive people out there. But when it comes to the basic science, there's a reason why this system is the only one that predicted this uh, chaos we are in right now. Well, and that's a great segue. <laughs> so let's talk about this chaos we are in right now because we're just, you know, we came out of 2020. I think that the pandemic and the things that happened in 2020 wouldn't last as long as they have. And so maybe we can start with, can you reflect back on really what's been going on from an astrological perspective in the past year? And then we'll shift gears to kind of where are we now and where are we headed? Well, in Asterian astrology, we are getting ready for the age of chimera. Mm. First of all, so it's not, not the age the, of Aquarius. <laughs> there, I was just getting ready to go there. We are not in the age of Aquarius. And listen, planetary conjunctions do not create ages. They never have. That's this is again when when they started proclaiming the age of Aquarius for the fifth time since I've been alive. By the way, mm. so I want to be clear about that. They predicted the age of Aquarius in 1990, 1995, uh, 2000. 2009 and now in 2020, they predict the age of Aquarius constantly because they keep thinking it's based on planetary conjunctions. Yes, there was this very rare and very amazing conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter, but that doesn't create ages. How we get ages is the stars in the sky move one degree every 72 years. It's called Mm. the precession of the equinox. That movement of one degrees every 72 years creates the ages we're in. It's really easy, by the way. It's not even complicated. But because Western astrologers do not observe the stars in the sky and that movement called the precession of the equinox, they're like basing it off of conjunctions. When in reality, you can even see, if you learn where the zodiac is in the sky, which oddly enough is easier than you think, in India, where you have to learn astrology, you have to know how to go out at night and look at where the stars are in the constellations. And when you do that, you can start to put Western astrology to bed because no Western astrologer can do that one thing. Go out at night and show you the constellations and the planets moving through them. I can do that. It's, mm-hmm. And it took me about six months to do that. So in a sense, you know, that movement of the procession of the equinox, you can actually see the ages in the skies. You can see them. 
And you can see right now that we are still in the age of Pisces. The age of Aquarius starts in 2500, but we're starting the age of Chimera, which oddly enough is a bigger deal than the age of Aquarius. These 27 signs, again, are the hidden system. The priests don't want you to learn because they want the public to be uneducated where they want to keep certain knowledge to themselves. The age of Chimera is far more profound. It's the first goddess-based age in 4,000 years. Oh, wow. That starts in 2070. 2020 to 2070 is a 50-year countdown into this new age, and all of those planetary alignments that you can see in sidereal astrology started in 2020. So it doesn't actually start till 2070. We're in the 50-year countdown right now? We're in the 50-year countdown. But imagine this. It's a 26,000-year cycle, all of it. Means the planets, you know, it takes 26,000 years to do a full rotation. So to be 500 years away from the age of Aquarius is really close, right. really close, by the way. So it means to be only 50 years away from the age of Aquarius means we're watching it right now happen. 50 years from the age of Chimera. That's correct. Uh huh. Okay. So what does this mean? means women are going to start standing in their power. That is significant. We are going to, technology is going to advance in the next 50 years, as so will our connection to the earth. So it's very interesting that technology will become more advanced than it is now, but our desire to get back in touch with the earth will also Mm. remain as well. So this is what the age of Chimera is going to look like. It's a very goddess-based age. Technology is going to be extremely advanced, yet so is our connection to the earth plane. We have to learn to treat this earth a hell of a lot better in the age we're going into, and we're learning all of that right now. And we're going to see some pretty profound weather transitions in the next several years as we start to learn how to deal with nature differently. That's what the big part of the age of Chimera is about. It's mother-based, it's nature-based, and so we're going to learn to go into harmony with nature, but we're going to have to learn the hard way as we have been so far. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, speaking personally, I don't know if you heard about the great freeze that we had in Texas in February, that was weather that was totally untraditional in this part of the world. And it shut down the whole state and there were so many problems. And I mean, I don't need to go into all of that, but that I've kind of been feeling that, that this is the planet getting our attention, our paying more attention to nature, not taking things for granted. And I've even been feeling that on a personal level, way less interest in technology and way more interest in getting my feet in the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's happening. And you can also see, I have never had so many clients moving at one time. Like, I I mean, I, I have hundreds on top of hundreds of clients moving as if the universe wants everyone stationed somewhere very specific for these transitions that are going to continue onward uh, for you know, all the way till 2070. 2070, we are officially in the age of Chimera, and things will ease up then. That seems so far away. <laughs> I know. I know. And yet, it's a blink of the eye in the world of time. It is. It is. Yep. But when I think about my little blip on the planet, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> am I going to be here in 50 years? Um So let's talk more specifically about what, especially, you know, everything we've been dealing with in the past year, how that's prepping us for this age of chimera. Chimera? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's Um, correct. Chimera. Yeah. You know, what is going on is a massive stir up of people's identities. You know, Mm. it's like, we're only on this planet for one reason. That's to know who we are. You're not, we're not here for the white picket fence. We're not here for anything other than the realization of ourselves. 
Mm. And that's what's going on right now is we're having our desires completely thrown out. And that's really tough, actually. It's one of the hardest things to go through. And that is, though, how we learn who we are. We learn who we are by learning who we are not first. So all the things that we've committed to that we think we're this, we think we're that are all being annihilated right now for everybody because the universe wants us living in the most natural state inside of ourselves. And so the age we're going into, everybody will be completely natural with who they are and what they represent as a person. And so all the stir, all the calamities, which we're going to continue to go through, um, I believe that 2020 was specific, though, and I believe that that year we're not going to repeat that intensity. I think it's now going to stretch itself out and the problems are going to be more distant, mm. meaning I do believe we are going to have peaceful years coming in the midst of turmoilish weather, in the midst of political upheaval. Also, keep in mind, as I, I like reminding everybody, America – its birthday is July 4th, 1776, which in real astrology makes it a Typhon or an Artemis, which is a type of Gemini, means the, dual, the duality between red and blue is a big part of this country. And, and so we eventually have to find the middle ground between these two before we evolve. And so the massive stir of going one side or the other is a part of the plan where we are eventually going to go back into unity in the future. Um, so the stir and how we're all different has to be recognized first. Um, but yes, I mean, I'm on one side of that spectrum, but I'm also in this phase where I really want to listen to the other side. One is really about looking at the future and the other one is really holding on to ideals from the past. Mm. Well, to be truth, they should meet in the middle. If you meet those two in the middle, you actually live in harmony. And I think that politics will eventually, not not the next several years, I mean, but eventually going into you know the next 10 to 15 years, I think there will be a tad bit more harmony than what we're experiencing yeah. right now. I hope so, because in addition to, to COVID, and we can talk about that in a second, it's just there's just been so much division, so much division, so much polarity. And um and, and what you're saying makes perfect sense because it's almost like we have to go to either side. It almost has to get so extreme before we can come back into that that unity and the the agreement. And I think it's a from my perspective, it's a balance of we have to learn from our past so we don't repeat it, but we can't stay stuck in our past. We have to learn from our past but have a strong vision of the future. And that's that's hard because some some people take comfort in the past and want to stay there, and some people can see the better future, but do you feel we kind of need both learn from our past, but also have a clear vision of what we want to create? Well, there's the harmony and we'll eventually get there in this country. But the reason why we can't right now, and I'm predicting seven plus years of this problem we have, mm. is that America is going through what we call in India, a Sade Sate. A Sade Sate is a the cycle that goes on from seven to 10 years. And it's when Saturn enters the house before the moon then hits the moon, and then the house after the moon. It's called a Sade Sate, and America's going through it right now. So the division is going to skyrocket for seven plus years. Wow. And then after it, we will come together. And as a matter of fact, when you think about the two in harmony, what they represent, there's a deep level of consciousness in there. So I hope that we can you know, break down these belief structures that don't allow us to find unity, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time. How can we individually, Jade, work on this? Because I know everybody listening probably has, you know, there's a mix of people. There are people that are going to have strong beliefs in one direction. 
and there's going to be people that have strong beliefs in the other, and then there's going to be people that are kind of in the middle. What can we work on inside ourselves to get to more harmony? Well, you know, it's listening to the other side. Mm. I also believe we need to have the two parties, and I believe people should represent a party. I'm not saying that we're just going to be one party in the future. We're going to have two because America is a Gemini, not a Cancer. Mm. July 4th is Gemini. So we have these dual personalities, boy, and they're fully on display right now. But we have yeah. to know what the other we have to know what the other one is need, needs and we have to respect what the other one needs. And I think if we can do that, we will eventually find harmony between the two. So yeah, I think that we have to and I've done this myself. I do belong to one party, which is the f- first time in my life. I've I've always been the person I'm going to vote for who I like. Mm-hmm. I've always been that. Mm-hmm. What happened in the last four years pushed me on another spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, right now, as I have clients I have to work with that come from both sides, I have stand back to listen. What is it that you want? Like, what do you, what, what do you think would create that harmony between us? You know, what do you even some of my clients are on the other side of the spectrum. Like, how can we actually get along better? I've had to have these conversations with clients. Uh, I've even let go of clients because we couldn't agree. That's never happened in my 26 years. I've been an astrologer since I was 14. I have never, ever had anything like what I'm going on with now, even with clients, because I have vocalized my opinion about being on one side while not being disrespectful to the other side either, because uh, I'm actually not. You can hear my voice. I yeah. actually want to hear the uh, the other side, and I want to find that meeting in the middle. But it's it's uh it's going to take time. It's going to take time. I think we're going to be forced into it too. I think we're eventually going to get to a point where the tension and the hatred is so intense, where we we basically go, this has got to change. Yeah. Every conscious cell in your body will say we can't keep existing with this amount of hatred. I've had clients of mine that were like yoga instructors that now live in hatred on a day-to-day basis on the other, because of the other side. Wow. I know there's a lot of that. that. And, and social media is fertile ground for that. I really had to back off social media because it's just so much blame and yelling and you're wrong and I'm right. And if you do this, you're queuing on. And if you do that, you're not awake or whatever. There's just a lot of labels being thrown. And I've actually, you know, I make sure I follow people. I agree with people I don't agree with try to really understand both where someone's coming from and actually what they're saying and really question my beliefs because it feels to me, Jade, and I don't know if I'm articulating this right, that we actually really don't know what's true right now. And we're trying to convince ourselves by maybe picking a side, but it just seems like there's so much confusion and there's so much stirred up that we're trying to take comfort in like, this is the truth. And if you don't believe this, you're wrong. But really, it seems like we're in this great time of discovery and we don't really know the truth. Well, here's the thing is it's all an illusion. This whole plane of existence on the earth plane is just an illusion. Oh, there's it that. Even, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> right. you know, it, it really doesn't even matter. The duality exists because unfortunately we grow through turmoil. We, yeah. Human beings grow through turmoil. So the truth doesn't even technically matter. It's it's just that we are going through this process of a deep, deep cleanse right now. I am someone, and I'll tell you some pretty, this is coming from someone that has been involved in massive conspiracies for a long, long time. Okay. I have, I have a job where I have had to, I joke, I said, I've been involved in conspiracies since people were saying George Bush Jr. was going to pull his face off on TV to reveal he was reptilian. Okay, so this is how far (laughs) back I go. That was in 2005. And I started realizing through time that conspiracies are 100% real. 
And those people that are working with real conspiracy, and I really want people to hear this, those people that are really deeply involved in conspiracies that are real create a platform of misinformation and wrong conspiracies so you never, ever focus on what they are doing, ever. And mm. that is going on right now because there is major stuff going on. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example right now. In 2019, 18,500 children were molested by Catholic priests. Okay. Mm. Think about that in one year. Mm. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about reptilians and Democrats eating babies. And that is a total dis- deflection away from what is really going on. Mm. And th- so there are organizations that specifically use YouTube as a means to plant conspiracies everywhere so you can't figure out what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I made the joke uh, the other day, I, day when I was talking to some, one of my clients, I'm like, you know, if someone right now said that, you know, the coronavirus was an upgrade to our immune systems because of alien activity, you know, I'm in. <laughs> but if you're going to talk about QAnon and things of the nature, I, I already know personally that all of that is a distraction. So we're not talking about the truth at all anymore. Mm. But these are outer things that don't matter to the spiritual path. None of these things that we're upset about really matter to the spiritual path where you have to realize who you are. You know, like the, my, my yoga instructors are literally sitting in rooms stewing over the other side right now. I'm like, you've missed the whole entire point. We have to break free from this whole delusion down here. Yeah, We don't need to get caught up in it. Like I have played a minor part in my opinions while realizing the whole damn thing is an illusion. And it's there to create turmoil. So we keep growing and evolving as human beings. As unfortunately, we have to merge our minds and hearts. Human, the human being is the highest being in creation. Well, this is an interesting conversation real quick because it is 50% mind and 50% heart. And we are merging those two together and it's turmoil, which brings those two things together. And the master on the earth plane, like the Hindu master, like the Yoganandas, uh, you know, the Mayor Babas, these are people that are beyond all of this stuff and are the highest forces in all of creation. Mm. And, you know, we have to, as human beings, eventually let go of all of the noise because misinformation is just a bunch of noise out there. That's all it is. Yet, so right now, I think it's time for people to start not paying attention to the noise. It's just Mm. all noise. It doesn't matter even what is real and what is not real. It's just noise. You have to be able to let go of all that and go deep within and find your inner self. And oddly enough, in Hinduism, they state that times like this are the best for getting realization because you are kind of forced into letting go of getting comfort on this earth plane. It's not your home. We're not supposed to get comfort with it. You know, one historian, a client of mine, studied 4,000 years of human history and only can calculate 27 years of peace out of 4,000. Wow. And he wrote, he wrote a thesis saying that human beings are constantly in turmoil. Like you think right now it's worse than it ever has been. Well, say that to people that were born in 19 and I mean, they lived in the 40s when we had a mm-hmm. Hitler around here, you know, and World War II going on. Maybe world, the world is just like this. Maybe mm-hmm. it always has been like this. And it's our job maybe to detach from it, not to get caught up in the noise. So what do we do when there is something? So one thing that is hard for me to process and that I get passionate about and that I'm involved in and in, in things, charities and things that I support is human trafficking. 
not uh-huh. the whole like Pizzagate. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the actual oh, yeah. problem of human actual trafficking. Problem. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So how do we balance like being you know a human on the planet that that is in this real but not real situation and knowing about those things with knowing none of it matters at all? Oh, you have to contribute. You have yeah. to. You here's. I'm gonna. I'll give you the direct statement from my teacher. My teacher would say, let's say you're walking down the street and you see a man punching a woman. In India, he says it's very common for someone to say it's her karma. She brought that there due to her karma in previous lives. Because the belief is in India, if you can see someone's previous lives, then you know why they're in that situation. Hmm. There's no mistakes out there. And he said, so when you're walking past a woman and she's getting beat, he said two things. He said, one, you know, it is her karma to put her in that situation. She has to be able to internally free herself from that. But he said, if you keep walking past it, it's now your karma too. Mm. And he said, so you've got to know, like as an example, this is deep and I, a lot of people are going to like what I'm going to say here next, but people's karma puts them in their situations and they have to find a way out inside of themselves and we have to contribute to that. means nobody is having something happen to them by error, but it is still our obligation as human beings to help other fellow human beings while knowing the whole thing is an illusion and knowing even that their karma put them there. We have to love everybody, not Mm -hmm. just the people we feel like it. So you have a responsibility because the urge is there to help this situation. But you also do at the same time have to understand their karma put them there. There's no mistakes. And I mean, it's such an advanced subject. Like I'm an agora. Uh, An agora is a type of spiritual practice where we focus on the shadow self only. Our belief is the light is already one inside of us. It's the shadow in you that doesn't know it. So if you realize your shadow, you automatically realize your light. So my guru, my first guru in India was like, don't even worry about light. Just focus on your shadow because we already are light. Your shadow doesn't know it yet. So let's focus on that. When you're able to go in there, you can see the whole host of why we attract the things that we do. Mm. And then you can clear things out from that perspective to have a much deeper and more profound life. But I mean, this subject was so deep that I was asked crazy questions on radio shows, one in New York where they said, well, explain to me a serial killer. <laughs> it's like, mm. okay, if you want to go there, we can. You're not really going to like the answer very much, but we believe everything is karmically balancing itself out at all times. And if you could see people's previous lives, you'd see why they're there. And you still, though, have the job to help, even though they may still have the karma to be there. Well, and I think knowing that helps with the sympathy part helps with the, how could this happen? Feeling so sorry. Cause I think why a lot of people stop contributing or uh, kind of put blinders on is because it's too painful to know some of the things that are going on. And that's one of the things that's helped me because I consider myself a very empathic person, very sensitive. When I think about a child being trafficked for sex, it, it makes me want to throw up honestly. And if I go into too much sympathy, why this is awful, I can't help because I get too emotionally invested. But if I can say like, I don't need to know why this is happening, just how can I contribute to it? And how can I not go into feeling too much sympathy for someone? Then I can contribute at a higher level. Does that make sense? Total. Yeah. Total. You know, one Buddhist teacher of mine said something that is just too deep to understand. He said, nothing bad is ever happening Mm. ever. 
He said everything is karmically balancing itself out at all times, and nothing bad, evil, or nefarious about anything is happening. It's just karma. And he said, we just don't see our past lives. And there's a reason why we don't. If you saw your past lives, it would be highly confusing to the work you're doing in your individual life. So we're veiled from that. But nevertheless, uh, I'm a firm believer that nothing bad is ever happening. Now, that doesn't mean I don't get involved. It doesn't mean I don't help out in the way that I can. I do. And I have a job where I'm able to do that all the time. Yet I am fully aware that this is just karma constantly playing itself out. Oof, that's going to be a tough one for some people to. <laughs> and astrology, process, yeah. this Vedic system that yeah. I, mean, I mean, this ancient system, which is also now a modern Vedic system, it really it says this stuff unbelievable. In my book, Hysterian Astrology, as an example, um, it's, there's a chapter called the Temperament of Stars, and out of these 27 stars, there are several of them where really bad things are going to happen to them. It's just purely the nature of those signs totally outside of the scope of Western, which is like Taurus and Virgo and all this stuff. This is these 27. There are signs that are really good to be born under. There are signs that are very tragic to be born under. Uh, Sharon Tate, who was the one that was murdered by the Manson family. Um, it just blows my mind using these 27 stars. It just blows my mind because she was born under an alignment It literally stated she was going to be murdered (laughs) the day that she was. It's only seen in this system as well. There's no way Western astrologer could see it. Uh, She entered a Mars Dasha under the star of Hecate. And when Mars, a malefic planet, ends up under the star Hecate, it can actually produce that exact event. And so I was talking to someone recently about Sharon Tate's chart saying, look at this. Only this system shows you that this was actually going to happen to her. Wow. Wow, I hope I wasn't born under that star. I don't think I oh, was. <laughs> and it's it's a it, it, oh. now it, it also by the way, let me because that can scare people from getting readings to me. Some of those stars, by the way, are amazing. I am born under stars. I'm born under the star Hades. Um, I have my moon under a star called Hydra. I have had my share of problems and difficulties. As a matter of fact, I've had incredibly difficult things happen in my life, but those things made me the person I am. I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Uh, Some of the darker signs we believe are openings for a type of spiritual mastery. So if someone comes to me, and this is important, and they have those alignments, oh, I'm going to try to get you out of them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to I try to get you to realize something another way so you don't have to experience that. So but unfortunately, most people are not conscious about this whole spiritual world that we're discussing today. And there, there is where the ignorance is not bliss <laughs> at <Yeah>. all <laughs> is where, like, let's say she was a client of mine. And I had this was my exact conversation with someone a couple of days ago. If Sharon Tate was a client of mine, I actually believe that I could have stopped it. Wow. But she was. So she right. had to go through it. Right. How would you have stopped it? That week. I would have absolutely told her to go into seclusion somewhere and stay away from everybody. She was in an alignment that she was absolutely uh, going to go through something, a murder being the first thing that comes up Uh, when I'm, and even in my book, Asterian Astrology, the alignment she has is in my book where it says those types of things can absolutely happen to you. Um, So um, I would, I would have, I would have told her for this week, you absolutely avoid everybody and just kind of hibernate. Wow. Wow. Well, so far you haven't told me that in any of my difficult weeks. So (laughs) that's incredibly rare what Sharon Tate had. Um, But yet I also have done the charts of people that were affected by serial killers. You know, I had a whole thing on, I found half of Ted Bundy's victims and to find their charts because of something a guru told me about serial killers in India. I wanted to validate that to find out that almost half of the people were, were, 
going to have that experience. And as my guru in India would say, because <laughs> agoras talk, talk dark, by the way. So we have a very dark sense of humor. We talk a lot about darkness because we have to embrace it to clear it out of ourselves. We have to be comfortable with it because the belief is if you get comfortable with your shadow self, then you can be comfortable with everything. So we would talk about these things. And my guru would say, if you don't want to be caught by a serial killer, don't kill someone. Mm. You mm. say, be good be nice. He says, the nice things will happen to you. He said, but there's no mistakes. And I, I will tell you one thing that someone said, I won't mention the serial killer, but he did tell me that there was one of the famous serial killers was a Muslim woman. And she looked at her husband's cousin with lust and was stoned by 30 men. Mm. And it turned into a frenzy. And he said, well, karma exists. So that female would be reborn in an area where all the men that stoned her were, and karma would be balanced. And she'd kill them. All of them. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, all right. And he said it balanced. And he said, yep. that's the reason why some of these people get a type of recognition by people is some people can feel there's a karmic balance going on there. They can kind of sense that. Now, I don't like a lot of that stuff, you know, that's, yeah. that's when I'm seeing that stuff astrologically, my job is to bring light to that and to get people out of that. But that's how dark Agora will, will go. It will go into that type of conversation. Where like take the worst scenario you could possibly imagine. And there's karma for that to happen. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is real spirituality, not love and light. <laughs> Let me chant, you know, my clear, my chakra spirituality. It's, and this that's the, that's the thing. Like, if, if to truly be spiritual and embrace spirituality, we have to be willing to look at the dark. And that's something all of my spiritual teachers that I've really trusted have always told me is nothing bad happens. Like everything really does happen. They would say for learning or lessons, but really karma. And that I think that's a hard thing for most of us to wrap our minds around. Because it's like, well, why would that happen? And and when quote unquote bad things happen, we start to question God or whatever we believe in. We start to question ourselves, thinking we can we could have prevented it. But what I'm hearing you say is is from your perspective and your teachers that really, like, we have to let ourselves off the hooks for things we may be beating ourselves up for because quite likely we couldn't have prevented it from happening. Correct. That there are certain things. We have to lighten our luggage to go into light, and how that is done is through the balance of opposites. And astrology is the science, especially these advanced 27 signs that are kept hidden from the public, and it's still going to this day. These systems really reveal the karma you created in previous lives and what needs to come back for your own growth, whether you like it or not. How do you define shadow, and how would you suggest people work with theirs? <laughs> I know that's you know, a big question. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's actually, the answer is intense. You know, I would take a, a side of my nature and, you know, with this Republican Democrat separation, it's actually an opportunity to do it, to hop on the other side, stay committed to your side, but let it go. Like, like me, um, I don't really want to get caught up in my side and this, that, cause you know, it's so disturbing for people, but let's just say there's CNN and Fox news. I right. say, turn it off the one you always watch and watch the other one for a week. Just get past the anger because the first day you're going to be just infumed with anger. So get past that and, and watch and just watch and, and, and accept the other side of it because there's also a belief in Agora. You become what you judge. Mm. The belief is you stay with what you love. And he used me as an example, and I'll tell you this as a hysterical example. He said, you stay with what you love, but you became you become what you judge. So 
um, he gave the example to me personally because he told me I lived in India my last life and I was a Swami in Rishikesh. And he would say, you hated Westerners. You hated them. And you wouldn't even accept them as students. You would only accept Brahmin Hindus. He said, so now you're a Westerner. <laughs> but you stay with what you love, and that's why you worship the dark mother, the same mother you worship that life you worship now. He said, so you stayed with your path, but you became what you judge. And so that's why he's, my guru would always say you should have light preferences, but you shouldn't have strong likes and dislikes. He said, those mean you're still in the realm of duality, and you don't understand the opposite. Shadow work is embracing the opposite of what you think. And, you know, we, Osho was a good example, as he did have a lot of people focusing on their shadow self. He did it completely incorrectly, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he created orgies, mm-hmm. you know, you know, people would beat the crap out of each other at his ashrams. But his motive was to say, let's embrace the, the shadow self, you know, the part of you that is maybe, you know, has, you know, the judgments towards this or a part of you that actually is, you know, has certain desires that could be negative that are underneath the surface. He would say, pull them out so they're visible. You say the things that are visible are in your control. The things that are not in your in your vision are out of your control. Mm-hmm. So dig in there and, and try to go into the scope. And sex was a really good example of that, like likes and dislikes. He would say that's a really good place to start. Like what moves you there? Let's get in touch with where the motives are in that area because the sex chakra contains a lot of the shadow self and so does the root. Mm. These are two areas where the shadows are really contained. And he would say, go in there and, and go into the densest, darkest desires you have and talk about them or write about them and bring them up. And what he said to me, I practice to this day. He'd say, your shadow self is meant for your artistic side. Express it through art. He would say, it's harmless there. Nobody gets hurt there. So express your shadow through art. It's harmless there. He goes, I don't care if you know how to draw or you don't. He goes, just just put it out there. He goes, then you will accept your shadow self. And it won't be playing out in your subconscious mind. But he wanted you to know what your subconscious motives were constantly, even ones that were negative, and try to figure out where the trigger was now in Vedic astrology and in Asterian, uh, especially when we use these 27 signs, we believe we can tell you exactly where they are. And we can even point them out. We can assist in going into that shadow and kind of piercing out where the problems are. Wow. So and when we're really ex- exploring our shadow, we're looking at you know, what we judge what what triggers us and kind of going okay like that that's part of my shadow because whatever i'm judging the opposite side or whatever like there's something in that for me and then we look at our our deepest darkest desires that's right you know and also why you attract what you do he would say what you're attracting the stuff that you don't like is your shadow self in action and so the perfect example of that was when i first met him ever i i developed um Epstein-Barr virus when I was 17, and I was also given a diagnosis of congenital heart failure when I was 17. So I didn't think I was going to live till I was 21 because I was told by a doctor that I wouldn't. And so when I went to India, I went there to actually die and 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 or to really deal with some really deep. This led me onto the path of Agora, by the way. So I get to India and I find Kal Babaji, which was a shadow guru, and I said, he said, "What are you here for?" And I said, "I was diagnosed with a." A heart condition that was serious. And I said, and Epstein-Barr, and he goes, heart? He said, what? And I told him what he was. He goes, well, why do you want to die? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't. I'm here because I, I want to live. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. He says, you go to your hut, and tomorrow morning I want to hear 10 reasons why you want to die. He says, if you keep telling me I don't want to die, you're going to die. 
Mm. But if you can tell me why you want to die, you're going to live. That's shadow work right there. Like we attract something like, why did this happen to me? He would reverse and say, why did you want that to happen to you? And he says, if you can get an answer there, you cleared it. If you can't, you're going to attract it again. Wow. Okay. So can we apply that to something like COVID? Because I think a lot of people are going, why did this happen? Why is this happening? You know, kind of not, not victim-y, but just that why, why, why? We don't want this. We don't want this. We don't want this. We just want this to go away. How can we apply the, the teaching that you just shared to something like the pandemic? First of all, we are shifting in age right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we absolutely... <laughs> brought this on. (laughs) It's like a hundred percent brought this on. Um, the way we treat this earth, the way we deal with things is going to change from this. The way we clean our energy because of this experience when it's over is going to be incredibly different. We are going to learn from this and not repeat some of these things ever again. So this is a massive lesson here. Do you think the earth, the earth mother cares about, you know, your white picket fence? You know, it's like, she's like, I want you home. And so here is agoric philosophy again in display. And again, a lot of people aren't going to like this. My guru also said there's Saturn out there. There's the North and South node, Rahu and Ketu. These are demonic planets. There's Mars out there. There are more negative planets to surround this earth than positive ones. Yikes. Earth is constantly creating turmoil. So we don't plant our feet here. Earth is school. It's not your home. Mm. It has to remind you. And it's reminding us, guess what? This isn't fun here. There are these amazing planes of consciousness that are directly above us. And you're focused on this one. Mm. Let's move higher. And it's happening, whether we like it or not. All this dense energy that's out around this thing it is going to lighten everything up. So we absolutely brought this on because we want to keep growing. So there's the shadow looking at from the devil's advocate point of view. We want this. Instead of yeah. saying we don't, we do. And say, why do we want this? Because we want a better planet to live on. Yeah. So it's going to, there's shadow work right there. That's why this is going to happen. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because this is something I've been mulling over in my own head, is just, just reading different perspectives. And because I, I have always felt that this is an illusion and there's a different consciousness in a different plane that's, that's really home, but we're here and we're here to learn and we're here to evolve and karma and all that. And there's a lot of people online that I respect that are talking about, you know, con con spirituality and how people that are saying this is for our growth are bypassing and are privileged and are not like caring about other people have you heard some of this talk, Jade? Like some yeah, of the, there's okay, some, yeah, there's some of it's relevant. Yeah. I mean, like going back to our earlier statement, we have brought this on. This is a karmic thing we have to endure. Yet we still have to contribute to making it better here. Yeah. So everything is in the middle. All the stuff that we're dualistic about, the path is directly dead in the center of it all. Yeah. And you know, it's like okay, you have to walk by a woman who's getting abused. Yes, she brought it there karmically, but you still have to go help her. And if you walk past her, it's now your fault. Yeah. If she gets harmed worse, my guru said, if she gets hurt worse because you walk away, it's your fault now. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. So he would say, you have to understand that we brought this on. Why we still contribute to making it better? I get that, and 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 I think in that perspective, that example I just shared, it's going, yes, we live in, you know, we're here to evolve and there is the the 5D world, whatever we want to call it. And this is for our good. And we can't ignore the, the problems that are there. So 
using your metaphor, we can't just let the wife continue to get beat up just because we know it's for her karmic growth. We have right. to not walk by. It's the big Indian flaw, by the way. That is a major flaw in India is most people will walk past it because of the Indian belief of it being karma. Yeah. Where yeah. the Western belief is let's go change it. They actually meet in the middle. The East and West, the truth is right there in the yeah. center. So it's an and, not an or. It's not, yep. you know, if you believe in spirituality and that this is all for our better, you're wrong because you're not helping people. It's like, yes, we can, we, we are spiritual. There is a different realm of consciousness and we can still care about the people that we're on the planet with. It's, it's a both, not an either or. And I hear that's what we're moving towards with this new age. And but, this, by the way, is astrology talk. We are talking about astrology because everything we're talking about is visible in astrology right now. When Saturn and Pluto last January went into Capricorn, one of the darkest signs out there, and the two darkest planets joined it, means we are going to start the process of this conversation. So we're not even stepping out of an astrology conversation. This is all astrology that we're talking about. So moving forward, do you see COVID dwindling down, people being uh-huh. able to connect again? Where do you see us headed in the next year? This phase will end. Mm-hmm. Um, Hallelujah. I am predicting February 23rd of 2023. And why I'm using February 23rd of 2023 for us to be done with this is because the eclipse by the way, eclipses create all the problems on this planet. That's why Western astrologers, not one can predict the pandemic because they don't know how to use the north and south node. They use the north node for your future, the south node for your past. Boom, you're going to miss a pandemic because north, the north node creates pandemics. The north node is the Egyptian, is connected to the Egyptian god Set. I call him Typhon. And in, in, in Egyptian times, Set brought plagues. Okay, so when Rahu, the North Node, went under the star of Typhon set, this pandemic started, just as it did with the Spanish flu and just as it did with the Black Plague. And because I have now tracked these alignments down, the the Spanish flu ended under a very specific alignment that we do repeat February 23rd of 2023. I believe we live with this up until then. And I think we free ourselves from this soon. And I think we have other problems then coming right after. Oh, (laughs) boy. Weather is going to be the major place of, of, of problems. We are going to see earth changes. And that will then, you know, and, and that will have really good years and it'll have really bad years. But here, let me, let me give you some good news is that what we had after the Spanish flu was the roaring 20s. Creatively, we're getting ready to watch that happen again at the same time. So we are getting ready for a big explosion of a type of unity in our future, especially in the world of creativity and things of that nature. So we are going to have some really good years coming, but we're going to go right back into the process of we are ending this age at 2070. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's going to be a mix. Oh, it's going to be a mix. And, and so February 23rd, 2023 may sound really far away to people that maybe, you know, still are in a place where they can't leave and they're really restrictive. Do you think it's going to be as bad and as restrictive until then, or we're just going to be dealing with it no, until then? I, I believe that, you know, First of all, you know, this whole thing with vaccines, I'm encouraging people to get the vaccine. You know, I have never had a flu shot in my entire life. Me neither. I've been been to India 34 times. I never got one malaria shot ever. I've never had a shot of any kind since I was three years old. I was lucky enough to have a client of mine in India that worked on Moderna and worked on the whole Myrna. and, and, And she was not someone I couldn't trust. 
She was not someone that was controlled by any political party. She lives in India, and she worked on Moderna, and she said, no, it's unbelievably safe. And so it was her that guided me to go, you know what? I've never had a shot in my life, and I'm getting this one. Mm. Let me also tell you something kind of profound. I'm not going to make this a big deal, but the first shot that I got kicked my Epstein-Barr out. Huh, interesting. And I've been fighting Epstein-Barr chronic fatigue since I was 17. It, it was reduced from like 100% of my day to 20% of my day. I lived with it and lived with it very well, actually, but it was always there. After my first shot, it went away in two hours. And I literally cried two days after. Going, wow. I've never had energy like this since I was 17. You know, I, I, the second shot, which I just had, I definitely feel mentally foggy from that one. I don't, I, and I hate that feeling of being mentally foggy. But, but I believe this is going to be somewhat of the necessary process in this. And because the vaccines came out under a god named Prometheus, means I, this is what I pay attention to, not political parties, mm. that when the vaccines started being distributed, the North Node entered the star Prometheus, and Prometheus was a healer of humanity. And because they came out under him, I trust them. And mm. you know, if they came out under Typhon, the god that ruled over 2020, hell no. <laughs> yeah. I would believe they were really, really bad news. But because they are coming out under a deity that wanted to heal humanity, that's what Prometheus's job was. I think that these things are going to be uh, definitely effective at making things better. I am worried about India, and I'm worried about other countries that yeah. are going on. But I, I do know that these types of experience on this planet have happened repeatedly on this planet. Yeah. And we've got past every single one of them. I think we'll get past this one even a little quicker. And I think it has to be an individual, like speaking about the vaccine, it ha you really went inside yourself and trusted your gut and your guidance and your knowledge. And I think that's, that's the important thing here is people have to do what feels really true for them, what, whatever that is, and not be pressured by outside forces, either for or against. I mean, that's, that's always been my compass is can I just turn down the volume of everything outside of me and really go within and make the choice from that place? Yep. Yeah. All right. So we've got a mix of COVID kind of coming in and out, dealing with it a little better, some roaring twenties thing, some weather things. Roaring twenties mixed in with really challenging weather patterns, yeah. hot, extreme heat and extreme cold are coming. Oh boy. Okay. What's the best way? And I know I asked this question before in terms of preparing ourselves for this age, because I think a lot of people listening are going to be relieved by some of the things that you said, are going to be worried about some of the things you said in terms of like, how do I prepare? Should I move? Should I go to a different place? What should I be doing to prepare for this, you know, next 50 years? We're entering the age of intuition mm. and you have to be able to go within and hear without fear. Fear distracts intuition. It doesn't let people hear. And that's why there's all these crazy philosophies out there. It's because people got caught in the fear of things, not really their intuition. Your intuition is beyond all of this stuff. We have to learn to rely on our intuition. The age of chimera is the age of intuition. Our intuition will be so advanced in the future because of having to endure all this stuff we're dealing with now. It'll be so advanced. We'll know exactly who we are and what's right for us and what isn't. And we'll also see the uniqueness of everybody else's unique journey. And we will appreciate each other on their journey, knowing what is good for one is not good for the other. We're all diverse beings. We're getting ready for the age of intuition. You're not going to get the answers on YouTube. You're going to have to go within and listen. Yeah. And it can't have fear. Your intuition 
everyone's intuition has no fear in it. So if fear is tagged to the intuition, it's not real. It's fear. It has nothing to do with intuition. Even because we all as human beings believe that we have to go through things and we feel the strength in having to go through things. We actually do. So your heart is really clear of what it needs to go through. So it doesn't actually have a lot of fear that people think it does. So if fear gets involved, that's not intuition. Intuition is clean. Even if something bad is coming your way and you intuit it, you'll still feel how you're strong enough to endure anything. That is real intuition. If someone goes into fear about something, it's often not real unless it's about someone else. A mother can have intuition mm-hmm. about something happening to her, her children. Absolutely, 100%. But if it's about you personally and there's fear involved, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I just went through something. You know what it is, Jade. And uh-huh. I, I felt, I did feel it. I felt fear for sure uh, as well, but there was like a deep knowing that it was going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, at least when I have those, I try to, you know, get outside assurance that it won't or get confirmation that it will and just know. And, and my, one of my lessons is to trust and, and go back to like, I'm going to be okay. Like the age of the divine feminine is the age of intuition Mm -hmm. because that is the divinity of the feminine form is divine intuition. Mm. Men can't have that intuition unless they learn to embrace the power of the divine feminine in themselves. How do men do that? Pick a goddess and worship. I've been worshiping Kali for 20 plus years. It works. You really start to feel the divinity of that. That's what I have done personally. So that's a projection. There are a lot of other ways to do it too, but I've worshiped, you know, the goddess, the dark mother for years. And that has helped me do it personally. Yeah. And when you say worship, because I think people really don't know what that means. What does that mean when you worship a god or goddess? I, I take a mantra and I repeat mantras in front of us, in front of a statue. The statue is just an antenna mm-hmm. into the divine. And so, you know, that's what I do. I personally love mantras. I believe mantras uh, clear out chakras while you're chanting and clear out a lot of the noise that exists inside of us. But um, that's what I would do. I would just say really, you know, cherishing the power of the divine feminine and really sinking into it. It could even be done without having to do what I do, but that's what's helped me understand it is through my my invocation and my feeling the power of Kali around me. Mm. I have felt the power of women, and I see the I see Kali in all women because <laughs> I've been worshiping her for so long. I see her in all all female forms. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that. So as we wrap up, Jade, and we tell people where they can learn more from you and perhaps book a reading, which I'm sure many people will want to do, anything else in closing that you want people to be aware of about this past year, about the year coming forward, or just this time we're in? Well, you know, to know everything, it comes and goes in phases. And you're hearing that from an astrologer. We are in a phase. This phase will absolutely end. And we'll have lighter phases. We'll have darker phases coming. It's important to be strong in yourself. You know, all of this is going on. So we learn to be strong in who we really are and what we represent. And if you use the earth as school, something you're going to learn about yourself from, then everything going on is in perfect order. You're just Mm -hmm. learning about yourself. And if you can embrace the world we live in from that perspective, I believe you'll find peace and light in all of this stuff. Yeah, that's that's a real opportunity to find peace and light and all of it. And at the same time, not walk by when someone's getting hit. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jade, thank you so much. Please share where people can connect with you. Asterianastrology.com is the best place uh, to find me. Or you can go to, you, you can find me on Instagram right now. At uh, I just opened up Instagram 
page uh, you know a few months ago. Oh, did you? So Instagram.com go forward slash Jade Soluna. Sol S O L. Yes, Jade like Soluna, all three together. Awesome, awesome. And you still do one-on-one readings, yes, for people? Absolutely. And what can 100%. they expect from that? finding yourself. My, <laughs> I take pride in helping someone find who they are. That is my number one goal is, and it's my, it's the most powerful element using these 27 because there's no system out there. 12 signs don't cut it. <laughs> these 27 really show your individual self and helping people find that themselves is where I feel the most joy in this work. Yes. And I want to say personally, reading with Jade, it's not like he comes in and is like doomsday. Here's, here's where you're going to die. And no. here's when this is going to happen. It's very uplifting. It's very loving. It totally rides on the energy of love. And he also gives you some like, Hey, watch out for this week and know this uh-huh. about yourself. And it's, it's, it's very helpful. It's not like you're going to meet the love of your life, February 14th, you know, da, 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 da. it's not, it, it's predictive, but it's not predictive in the way that traditional astrology kind of is predictive. I don't know if I articulated that well. Yes. But <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Jade, for first of all, your devotion and dedication. You are one of the most dedicated and devoted people that I have ever met. And it really inspires me. I know you love your work and your creative endeavors. And I also know you put so much intention and devotion into your ascension and your spiritual growth. And I just find that incredibly inspiring. So thank you for being a model of that. Thank you so much for those words and for having me on your show. I love coming on here. My pleasure. Everybody go check out Jade. Follow him on Instagram. Go to asterianastrology.com. I'll put the link in the show notes and maybe book a reading. Thanks, everybody. 